0: Welcome to Growth Mindset University. I'm your host, Jordan Paris, and this show is all about learning the lessons we should have learned in school but did not, so that we can succeed in the progressive new age of business and life we find ourselves in today. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on because school is now in session. When I first started this podcast, I had no clue what I was doing, and it showed. This podcast was terrible in the beginning, so much so that when people tell me today that they listen to early episodes, I cringe because it was just that bad. But along the way, of course, I figured things out and started growing as I was going. But I wish I knew these things in the beginning. I could have saved so much time, money, and just sheer embarrassment. Now, I'm solving for all of the unknown variables of podcasting for you with my brand new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. Oh, and by the way, it's completely free. In the course, I give away every single one of my secrets from marketing to building a business around your podcast and monetizing your podcast without ads. I put a ton of effort into this course over the past few months, and it is extremely professional. And this is something that people around me said I should be selling for 400 bucks, but I said, no, I am giving this away for free. I couldn't think of something better to share with you. So for free access to my new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster, you can go to jordanparis.com forward slash course that's jordanparis.com forward slash course for free access to my brand new course how to become a rockstar podcaster i look forward to seeing you in the course let's build a business around your podcast i am extremely grateful that you are here with me today on growth mindset university just want to let you know that two times per week we have interviews with the best of the best. New York Times bestselling authors, billionaires, the like, the most successful people in the world, people like Mark Manson, Naveen Jain, James Altucher, so many more. And I don't want you to miss these interviews. So go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, Growth Mindset University, wherever you are listening right now. One of my favorite things is when you reach out to our guests that we have on the show. So for example, if you enjoy today's guest Please reach out to them. Tell them that you enjoyed today's episode. Send them that token of gratitude. Like, look, I heard John Jordan's show and it was so good. This really impacted me. If you do this with every guest, you're going to start building a world-class network in record time. This is how I built my network. So this is just another way I'm looking to give back to you here. Just give you this little tip. So reach out to our guest today. And now without further ado, please enjoy the show.
1: And and so getting around them and seeing what they think and then seeing how the larger uh investment community thinks because that's what we did with podcasting we kind of were outsiders and you know uh made ourselves insiders you know um and it's a really open community but vc uh i was expecting to be much more like closed i guess um or like harder to penetrate but um you know, it, I think our geography definitely helps. Like Zach said, being in San Francisco, it's like, you know, we we we're going to the right events now. And uh there, but there's a big difference between like a lot of these like beginner events that you can find on Meetup.com versus like when Zach and I are looking at each other and we're like, oh, there's fucking levels to this shit. Like when they talk about like when it when. When a team is like uniquely qualified to do something, they're like, we would see these teams where it's like, this guy spent like 10, 20 years in this game, like, he knows what's up. So it, it was, uh, so it's like, it's getting impressive to to be around folks like that.
0: And then, you know, start to feel like we belong there. I'll tell you what, the reason I asked that is because I, uh, about VC funding, is, uh, you know, I've been reading, you, you guys know Rand Fishkin. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah Miles. And uh, yeah, he'll be on the podcast next week or six days or something like that. And yeah. uh, But I'm reading, you know, as I'm reading his book, Lost and Founder, he paints a very bleak picture of getting funding. It was like, wow, this is quite the turnoff. Have you, have you read that or no? I, I read that book, dude. And I was like, Zach,
1: you have to read it. Uh, I think you still, you have my copy, right, Zach? Is that uh, I have your have you read copy? it?
2: Yeah, I have yeah. your copy. I read it, I believe. Um, on a plane dude. on two two flights yeah there and yeah. back i read it and uh yeah it's a it's a pretty pretty um unique viewpoint on uh on venture capital and also i think like rock uh, i think you said on podcast junkies you know i it's it, it and i believe this that it's it's a niche product and a, a lot of times people um a lot of times there is a, this narrative in, pod, er, in, um, in startups where it's just like, that's just the thing you do. But I think that that narrative is kind of changing where, uh, there's been more, there've been more bootstrappers. There've been more, um, customer funded. There've been more kind of, um, kind
1: of, uh, what's micro what's VC stuff. Micro, like yeah. just, and how they have to, they, um, and what we were, we've been learning as we've been around these, uh, uh, people more and events more is that like, they understand that they're, they sell money, that's their business and it's a commodity. And so the best way to stand out is they have to differentiate and, you know, build a brand and, you know, they're moving to towards being more of a, uh, you know, founder focus type deal because they have to. Um, and you know, um, uh, Chris, Christopher Lockhead, who's become a friend of ours, his podcast, follow your different, um, one of these episodes, he was talking about how there's like a, a, a shortage of, of entrepreneurs and founders and stuff like that, which blew my mind. Cause I mean, you know, you're in, you're in the, in the grind, just like us, Jordan, like, you know, we're around a lot of our peers, you know, it can be a lonely game, but then a lot of times, you know, it's sometimes it feels like, Oh, is there just like a lot of these, what, what's an entrepreneur? Like it's just a name now. Right. But then to find out that there's actually a shortage of you know, real entrepreneurs creating jobs, creating companies, you know, stuff like that. So, um, I don't know, man. It's just been fascinating to learn some of that stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Dude, I, I guys, I love the conversational flow right now. I just hit record. I'm going to include this. And just for the – so, for the listener's sake, I'll finally introduce the, the two of you. So, my guests today are, yes, guests with an S, as you might have already noticed by two voices – Are Zachariah Moreno, who we will call Zach, and Rockwell Felder, who we will call Rock. Together, they are the founders of Squadcast, my favorite podcasting tool on the face of the planet. The very thing we're using to record this interview right now, gentlemen. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Jordan. You are good.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Well, (laughs) people can uh, people can find uh, Squadcast. Highly recommend it if you are anywhere. Uh, If you have a podcast, like I, I sell people on this tool. I I am, I am one of your, one of your best salesmen. I feel like I'm like you, you, any podcaster, you have to use squadcast.fm. I was on, I was on a phone call with my friend the other day, Caleb, who has a podcast. And I'm, I'm like listening before our phone call. And I realize, oh my God, this guy uses Zoom. (laughs) And I get on the phone and I'm like, let me, let me change your life. (laughs) <laughs> Go to Squadcast.fm and use it, <laughs> like instead of Zoom. Okay, it's gonna sound like we're in you and your guest are in the same room. So Squadcast.fm. But if you, but if the listeners for you, you want to help me out, you can use the affiliate link, which is JordanParis.com/squadcast. It'll take you to the same place, but you'll be helping me out. So full disclosure, there it's an affiliate link. Uh, so gentlemen, yes, welcome. Thank you for being here.
2: I love Squadcast. Thank you. Yeah, no, we love to help. And I think, you know, your, your heart's definitely in the right place with the listeners. That's why, um, that's why we want to help move the needle on improving quality. And like you, you, you could hear the difference. You could hear that, you know, what zoom sounds like or whatever. So it, uh, it, it is a big difference there. And then there's been some recent stuff, uh, research published on like your, uh, credibility is directly tied to the quality of your audio or content. And, uh, I think as, we use podcasting to uh, to enhance that credibility and spread messages. That's just another level of superpower we can add.
0: Okay, I Zach. Ever since uh, since when I was on your podcast, and I believe you said that, I've been thinking about it a lot over the past week or two. It's kind of and I trip. and I forgot that that's where it came from. It came from you. You told me that. Uh, it just kind of stuck in my head. It's been floating he, around
2: out there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. How much,
0: how much do you know about that? Or is that about the extent?
2: Um, I, I know that it was research published by the um, University of Southern California. I forget the name of the journal, but they have a few different blog posts that they've kind of published around the article, or sorry, around the study. And uh, the study is, is in a journal, so you can't link directly to it and that's why i think they've been kind of uh publicizing it on their blog and then linking to it you need a you need a subscription to get access to the particular journal that it's in um but uh yeah podcasters have been been sharing it around a little bit recently and it it, it definitely you know helps us reiterate the importance of audio quality um as we as we look to not just make podcasting easier um but better uh, to quote our friend Evo Terra
0: and i think it extends, I mean, the audio quality we talk about generates some authority, and I, I'm so behind that, and I've seen that happen for me in the last uh, 60, 70 episodes ever since I switched from Zoom to Squadcast. That's when things started taking off. Uh, awesome. I think it. I think it tends to, I think it extends to the you know, the author like the authority in which you speak with the tone in which you speak with like like rock, I know rock speaks with a nice authoritative tone. And Zach, you speak real smoothly. Like there's there's very little hiccups in your speech as well. And I think that those things generate authority as well, which is, you know, podcasting is a whole as as a as a medium is a place to generate authority in many different ways with with your voice sound quality uh the guests that you have on getting credibility that way borrowing credibility uh which i've seen in my experience and, and people begin to associate with you associate you with your guests uh i think it's a i think podcasting is a huge opportunity right now where do you see uh, podcasting going over the over the next 10 years cuz i've been asked this question a couple of times and i i say I have no idea. Like I, I, I fumble for an answer. I can't
2: figure it out. <laughs> is it a bubble? Um, I, I don't believe, uh, and I'd like to hear your answer on this as well, Rock. I, um, I don't, I don't believe it's a bubble. No, I believe it is. Uh, I believe it's the, the knee of the curve for, um, for podcasting becoming more, uh, more and more mainstream as it kind of grows up into a medium. It's been around for a minute, but it has been like. Uh, started off the entire thing was niche and then there's kind of evolved to like multiple niches within it and then now it's kind of like those niches are huge and you know podcasting uh, is huge with all of those Um, and then also like new new uh, genres coming online that's very you know exciting to see what's possible there Um, I kind of think of the analogy like if um, maybe four, four or five years ago in podcasting If, if, if podcasting, if, if the Apple podcast directory were a bookstore and you walked in there, it would all be nonfiction, which is great and awesome for personal development and growth and all of those things. And the, you know, taking your own education, you know, proactive education and all of these things, it's awesome. Um, but there is this other half of the bookstore or the library that was, that was, uh, glaringly missing and that's fiction. So, seeing the other half of the medium come online, I mean, you look at every other medium that's come before podcasting, and it's about an even distribution between fiction and nonfiction. Uh, that was not true for podcasting. So now we're seeing this this kind of second wave of the other half of the uh, the podcast uh, you know content landscape evolving to to have more fiction as well as nonfiction, and then uh, this very interesting blend between the two um, that I think is is fascinating. As well as, you know, on a technology front, there's a lot of opportunity for innovation. There's, uh, there's kind of two schools of thought here, uh, depending on who you talk to within our industry. Um, and that's either podcasting is like a solved problem and figured out. And we're all just, uh, you know, fitting our, our content into this box that uh, others have developed before us. That's one way to look at it. The other is that it's a very dynamic medium. We're all shaping it together, and there's lots of room for improvement or opportunity uh, to create new things. And I tend to fall into that second camp where um, the, just, just because we have a solution to some of these problems doesn't mean it's the best solution, doesn't mean it's the best thing for podcasting or listeners. Or you know, helping spread the medium. So I think that there's there's lots of opportunity, and we tend to focus on you know the empowering the creative process and helping helping um, podcasters create content that's going to be of service to their listeners and uh, their audience um, through different ways. So I'm yeah, I, I think I'm kind of bullish on the future of podcasting. I don't think it's a bubble. I don't think we're peak pod or anything like that. I think there's lots of room to grow and. Just, just that, just that ratio of fiction to nonfiction is like, there's no way we can be at peak pod if, if there's only like, you know, you can, you can scroll twice and look at all of the science fiction, you know, and look at all of the fiction podcasts. Um, but the other side of that coin is, you know, thousands of, of nonfiction podcasts. So I think there's lots of room to grow.
0: Excellent. I'd love to hear it, Rock. Yeah, so um
1: I guess I lost sight of the question is it like where do we think podcasting's going or
0: over the next 10 years, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so um I, I mean, I you know, obviously we're biased or you know, we're betting our future on podcasting. So, yeah, we definitely think that um you know, podcasting is a a great place to be and you know, will be in the future. Um but it is interesting cuz there is so much going on like you know, to us, we think to listen to a podcast is probably pretty easy for us, right? But for whatever reason, it seems like there are barriers for certain listeners to find podcasts that they want. Um, and so then we we hear from other people in the industry saying, well, it's, it's not really a discoverability problem. It's that really great content pulls people in. Serial pulled people into podcasting. Um, and we need more of that. And that it's just hard to make great content and it's actually harder to create great audio uh, content than I think most people realize. Um, and so we're just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's it's cool to to be at the ground level because yes, obviously again, we do believe that podcasting is going to be, uh, you know, bigger and, and, and not just bigger, but better. And, you know, people like Evo Terra are really pushing that forward and, we're talking to all these people that are, um, you know, ahead of us, so to speak, in the game. And they're saying, oh, it's still um, second inning. It's still early days. Um, so it, it's not like we're just living in our own bubble of just like, oh, you know, we we're, we really hope it's going to be big and we believe it's going to be big because it needs to be big. You know, it's like we're constantly... Um, you know, Zach and I always joke about like how we're basically just wearing lab coats all day. Like it's all testing and and being scientific and, you know, learning and 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 uh you know trying to take our biases out of it as much as possible, even though, you know, yes, we want this thing to work. We really love podcasting and we do think it could be something, you know, bigger, better
0: than what it is today. What attracted you guys to podcast industry and, and wanting to start your own podcast or i assume in general what, what was
2: that yeah i i've developed this um my my perspective on this has gotten clearer as we've uh, as we've kind of you know been able to develop our work and stuff but i kind of think of podcasting or i always have um thought of it kind of as personalized education a step in the direction of personalized education i should say i think there's way more possibilities there. Um, and my wife has a a master's in education. So we talk about this all the time. Um, but that's how, that's how, you know, I got in as a, as a listener and got my kind of addiction to podcasting started was, um, was kind of fundamentally rooted in, in my addiction to learning and uh, picking up, picking up new things and being exposed to things that are outside of uh, my day to day kind of sphere. So, um, that is, you know why i fell in love with podcasting from a listening perspective um and then when i started to see this this fiction when, when i got exposed to that first sci-fi podcast i was like whoa i thought this was awesome before and this is a, co- a completely different thing um and yeah sure there's always been you know like audio dramas on radio and like war of the worlds and stuff like that but um, i don't think i think i don't think that those shows were really in line with what those radio stations wanted, you know, when their listeners, they would play them at like 1 AM or 2 AM or something like that, just kind of to, you know, fill the airwaves or whatever. But, um, there is a huge fan culture, um, that's out there. And also the possibilities of, I digress for a second here. The, um, the possibilities of, if you think about Disney and how they make content, they don't pick a medium. Like everybody thinks like, okay, Disney, they make movies, right? But they have TV, they have, you know, their parks, they have their, their travel stuff. They have this whole universe is kind of how I think of it of content. And anytime they tell a story, it is expressed in all of those uh, forms of, uh, you know, all those different mediums. They, uh, so will pick an example, right? Like um, um, let's see finding Nemo. Right. Um, Finding Nemo got uh, a ride at the park. It had multiple movies. It's like TV shows. There's like all these offshoots that are in their universe and they, they're going to express in all these different mediums. And I think podcasting is uh, is going to be that next medium that is part of the uh, the universe that these storytellers can use to, uh, to get their, their stories out there. Um, and I don't know of anybody who's really like uh, fully embraced that into that, that different like universe strategy is kind of how I think of it but it is um it is something that you can start to see um when you look at the fiction and the fan bases and the the like rabid listenership that those shows um kind of garner so it's uh, it's been really inspiring to see like kind of the very early signs of that stuff and you know podcasts that most people have never heard of they have like fans that are making fan art and like contributing to the story and do all this crazy stuff. So I think it's just super early days for that. So yeah, I think, I think those are exciting things. And uh, that's ultimately what kind of helped me in my transition from listener to wanting to start a podcast. And we wanted to do a sci-fi audio drama because we were inspired by a lot of these shows. Um, Which, by the way, for the listeners is probably the hardest type of podcast that you could create and is the most amount of work, um, which I I didn't know at the time as well. But I I know more so now knowing some of the folks behind these shows. So uh, that's kind of how I've transitioned from from listener to um, to wanting to start a podcast. And then that's kind of what opened us up to this opportunity. That we found with helping people, you know, capture remote conversations that sound great uh, for everybody in the conversation. And so perhaps the the
0: past ten minutes of our conversation are the is the answer to the question why Squadcast? Why now? Right. Is that fair to say? Is there anything more to that?
2: Um, I think that's a pretty good lap around like the you know where the the origin came from. The why now question has many answers. Um, there's the, there's the podcast industry answer to that. And I think that's, you know, um, there's, there's an opportunity there because the, the quality, uh, podcasters don't tend to have, um, custom built tools for them. We kind of like use tools that were from just audio in general or radio somehow, or these meeting tools or whatever, you know, like. Um, there's, there's not much tools out there that are platforms that are built for podcasters. And that's where we, we saw that opportunity within the industry. Um, but the timing question, there's also the technology answer, um, that is fascinating to me coming from, you know, my background in software engineering. But, um, when we first, you know, when I was first pitching rock on this idea, that was the question that I was seeking to answer. was like, well, would this have been possible a year ago? or two years ago, or is it even possible right now? Um, because really what what we uh, seek to do had not been done um, when we started this. So we had a lot of unanswered questions there. like you know we'll just see what's possible, I think was the mindset and um, and continue pushing against it and try to solve problems until we find out like some <laughs> we're violating some law of physics or something like that. Um, but that that didn't um, that didn't happen. Uh, and, you know, these problems are solvable and they would not have been, I, I believe that, you know, a year before Squadcast, it, it, wouldn't, have been, it wouldn't have been possible with the technology landscape, um, with the tools that we have at our disposal. And that's, that's also one of the fundamental reasons why we're a lot different than the people who have attempted this type of uh, solution before us is because the technology wasn't there, the timing wasn't there um and we uh were very fortunate with our timing where we uh we kind of rode a lot of technology waves very very early on so in the in the early days of squadcast, it was all based on bleeding edge technology, and as that's grown up we've grown up and become more stable in all of those things so it's uh there there's many answers to the timing question, but i yeah that's a good one hmm
0: what was so we're on this Big, beautiful platform right now. I'm not even sure who the who the host is. I mean, I'm the host of the podcast, but I mean, you guys you guys th- this is your creation. It's all it's we're all like co-hosts right now. you You feel like you guys are in charge. but um life before squadcast, I want to know, rock, you first. what was life like before squadcast?
1: Yeah, I mean, life before Squadcast wasn't uh, a bad life. It just wasn't uh, completely fulfilled. Um, I just had this, like, just this, something felt like it was missing and off. Um, You know, I wasn't working for, looking for work-life balance. I was looking for work-life alignment. And my previous job was, uh, I was an auditor at a CPA firm. So... Um, it was challenging. It was um, there was a clear path forward, and and um, you know it, it seemed like not a clear path, but it it felt like okay, I could probably go pretty far here, make some good money, um, and and be exposed to a lot of very interesting things and interesting people. And without that job, I don't think I would be uh, here today. To be quite honest, because um, being put through that those challenges and um, coming out better and stronger has you know, really added to my confidence and, and making me believe in myself. Um, also because I got exposed to CEOs, CFOs, uh, board members, um, pretty early in my career and I'm interacting with these people and I'm just seeing them and, um, you know, just thinking, why not me? And then, you know, uh, so before Zach approached me about Squadcast, I was already looking for a way to, um, Make that jump into something more um, entrepreneurial, um, more my own thing is is really more so how I saw it. Um, and so when Zach approached me about it, it was really cool because he he'd approached me uh, before um, about some ideas, but this one uh, he he asked me he said I'm looking for a co founder and and um, I would like that to be you. And it was it was incredible because. Like I said, I had already kind of been mentally and financially preparing for for something like this, and then I had also known and seen that, um, you know, Zach was the kind of guy that like he would say something, and maybe I would think he was crazy, and never, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, go go write a book, Zach, go do that, but then he'd do it, you know, and then he's like, I want to work for Google, and then he, you know, got an internship with Google, and it's like, so to have someone like that, you know, it's just like. And then it to be in podcasting, which is something I already loved. Um, So it was just like, this is, let's do it. You know, I mean, we've been, we did put on the lab coats early, tried to disprove this before we, you know, poured our hopes and dreams into it uh, the way that we have. But um, yeah, so that's, that, that was life before. It wasn't a bad life. um, And it was more prosperous at the moment (laughs) than what I, what it was. But um, you know, it's, it's 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 cool to to be to look back on that and but be here now. So good question, Jordan.
0: Well, more fulfilling. I commend you for taking that leap of faith. However, I don't know that it was a complete leap of faith in that you didn't put all your eggs in one basket. If my uh, if, if I'm correct in in saying this, I. I remember, uh, the, uh, support, you know, I was chatting with, before I was friends with you guys, I was chatting with you on support, maybe it was like the first time ever, back in February, and, uh, someone was, uh, it might have been Zach, and he goes, yeah, Vince, Vince Moreno, uh, your, your brother, right? Right. Yeah, well will he'll fix this when he returns from his day job, so... Rock, did you like did you stay at your day job for a little while Are you still are you still not putting all your eggs in one basket? What's the deal?
1: Yeah, so um my eggs are in uh mine and Zach's basket right now. <laughs> and um but you know, it's almost like you know, one of the eye-opening things about that book Purple Cow was like it's almost risky er to not take risk because then you're never going to give your chel- yourself that chance of that upside and that like flipped the script for me because I come, you know, coming from that accounting background, everyone's really risk averse and um, not necessarily like politically conservative, but more so financially conservative. Um, And so that means, you know, and I am somewhat that way um, as well. Um, So yeah, man, but I, you know, I, I did have, I didn't leave my, my job on bad terms. I still have my CPA license. So yeah, I did have that like safety net, if you will, but you know that that is one of the big fears man is to is to have to uh, not, i don't know i don't want to put put poop on the job but i like this life i like doing my own thing i like having to figure out my own problems i like when problems come up that it is my and zach's job to like figure it out and it's i think helped us grow as individuals um and so uh, I'm, I'm liking this now even though it, it's definitely not easy
0: and perhaps, uh, apologies if I'm like overstepping here, my, my boundaries or your boundaries, but- Step, but I, wa- <laughs> I, I I just want to highlight something for the listener that maybe, uh, this is a theory, that maybe you were making more money as a CPA and you had to take it back a little bit, right? Especially at first. Now, that's not to say that there's not, and I have no idea, and that's not to say that there's not Big potential, big earnings potential for obviously the co-founder of Squadcast. That I know so many people who love this platform. But at first, you're, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure that you had to take a, a a cut in income, right? But you're happier. You're,
1: yeah. No. That's no, you point. Right. You're right, Jordan. Your your mama didn't raise no fool. So. Zach, like within the first month, dude, sold his Jeep. This guy loved that car and he sold his Jeep. And then, you know, I had already been downgrading my lifestyle. And so we've definitely downgraded our lifestyle since then. You know, um, there are far from glamorous things going on, <laughs> uh, you know, but it uh, – yeah, so we were making more money. I mean, Zach's got offers from, you know, plenty of uh cool tech companies that he could probably be making buku bucks from. Um, but I mean, I mean, what do you think about that, Zach? Your 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 stuff is a little more interesting than mine. <laughs> but yeah, it would be more money for me.
2: Yeah, I It's the opportunity cost, I think, like, like you said, um, and, and there's, you know, you could look at that as like startup propaganda or whatever, but I think, um, I think the opportunity cost is very high. Like, why not try, why not invest in yourself? It's kind of the best investment you could, you could ever make. Um, and you know, I've been very fortunate to, there's, there's kind of this, you know, there's kind of this narrative in startup world where it's like, Oh, you know, just uh, raise a bunch of money and then hire all your friends. Right. Um, but your friends probably aren't the best people in the world to, to do those that work and those, those roles. I'm very fortunate that, um, that I was surrounded. I am surrounded by people who are, uh, you know, the best in the world at what they do. And, uh, and i just you know that's my bubble that i grew up in but it's it's really been helpful um to to you know depend on those people lean on those people but the the opportunity cost seemed very high to not try something it was just a matter of like okay what's that idea going to be and um you know rock and i have talked about ideas aren't the problem for me it's almost a double-edged sword it's 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 um it's a it's a it's a blessing and a curse, I can tell Ideas you. Ideas
1: are the problem in that, you know, sometimes it, the the valve doesn't shut off. That's all.
2: It, you can't yeah. <laughs>
1: and I say that with love.
2: <laughs> I've tried. You can't you can't turn it off um and it's to a, it's to a fault sometimes and can be distracting. Um there's plenty of stories there, but Um, you know, the, there had been other ideas generated and, uh, we just kind of was like, okay, we'll be patient, you know, we'll be patient. See what, see, we try to disprove all these ideas. Like de-risking is a, is a term we throw around a lot internally. Um, and that's exactly the process that, that we went through in very early days to try to prove ourselves wrong, um, before, you know, um, taking serious gigantic risks and all of those things. But yeah, we did bootstrap, um, and kept our day jobs for a year and a half. Made a lot of sacrifices on on top of that, while still having our day jobs. Um, also, f- weird side story: I had before Squadcast, like a month before the having the idea and pitching rock and all of that. I had committed to teaching a course at Cal Berkeley, um, and was planning to get married in January. So, for the um, I believe it was the the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth month of Squadcast, I had um, I had my day job in the government. Um I taught a course at Cal Berkeley and I got married that January. Um and that was uh that was a real uh kind of test, <laughs> you know. Um and uh and obviously this is our first startup, so um yeah, I I I don't know that I there's any way to be prepared for something like that, but it it there was a lot of silver linings there and my wife is awesome and we planned our wedding together and um it, it was awesome. So uh it was just more so like you know, how do you stay focused? How do you get, get We're focused on getting this thing off the ground? Um, so it's, um, yeah, I think, I think that's the opportunity cost is how I would sum up my answer to that question. Um, and then also just being very fortunate to, to be able to have solid people around me that we had already been talking about that I trusted. Um, that's, I think the fundamental thing for, for rock and I was, was trust is trust. And, um, that you know it was a it was a list of one potential co-founder um and that's uh you know we have an awesome founding team in addition to that but it was uh i didn't really have a backup plan there uh, as far as co-founders go and then hearing some of the stories about how other people try to find co-founders and stuff it just doesn't it's like online dating for nerds i don't know it's it's weird stuff so i'm glad that uh rock and i you know had deep roots in our friendship uh through high school and rock introduced me to podcasting so we already had that connection together um and yeah it was it was um it it was a leap it was a leap of faith there was like we tried to like have some kind of like on-ramp was how we thought about it rather than having like a hard cut over um but when we did cut our when we did um, quit our jobs you know it was a hard cut over uh the app had kind of just started paying for itself And, um, that was kind of our threshold for coming on. But yeah, looking at those, uh, looking back on those, where we were at that point in time, was like, what, what, what the hell were we thinking? Like we had de-risked it severely, but it was still uh, a lot of risk at that point in time and it, it still is today. But I think the, uh, the risk of not doing this or, you know, the potential um, risk of not helping or contributing to podcasting would would um, would maybe some way hold the, the medium back and that's kind of terrifying to me
0: hmm yeah something a mentor told me many years ago uh, probably about three years ago now Steve Jordan uh, you know I was going through like I had, I just had so many balls to juggle right so many things going on and he goes you know you know, you might be, it's like you're lifting 400 pounds right now, but in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you're going to be back to lifting a hundred pounds and it's going to be super, super easy. And that's what I thought of when Zach, you said about months four five and six with, uh, you know, the impending, you know, planning a, a, a wedding and all the other things that you had going on at that time seems like so much you're lifting 400 pounds but now i imagine uh, it's a lot it it seems you know immediately after that seems like you're you're stronger now and of course we are you know the other playing devil's advocate we're meaning making machines and maybe that's just like a meaning we attach to our struggle but i tend to definitely believe in it uh whatever whatever side you want to choose though if you want to choose a devil's advocate side whatever, but I, I choose the, that it makes you at least mentally stronger, for sure. And, and then, you know, it seems like you guys now uh, are just having so much more fun. That's how it seems. And what you, of course, you still have problems. And this, is, this goes back to Mark Manson with episode 99 on this podcast uh, in his book, The Subtle Art. Uh, he talks about how you never get rid of problems. You only get to choose your problems. You know, rich people have problems, so do poor people. People in relationships have problems, so do single people. People with a dog have problems, and so do people like me who don't have a dog. Uh, like, There's just, you have to pick and choose which problems you want, and maybe exchange your current problems for more fulfilling problems, which it sounds like you guys did. And uh so I wanna so I wanna know
2: more. Tell me about de risking. Yeah, and that's um that's exa- I was just telling my cousin uh this and he's you know going into college and stuff and trying to figure out what he's gonna focus on and that's what I was trying to to reiterate to him. Um he comes from a much different background than I do, but you know, we're we're family, so we were talking about that and it's um yeah, I, I look at it as you just you just like you always have problems. You just kind of uh, you get a new set of problems. You you solve you solve some. You get a new set of problems, right? And that's a very like college computer sciencey way to look at it. where It's just like, oh, we got to, what's this week's problem set, you know? But there's always going to be next week, um, even if you have you know a great set of solutions. They they never really go away. Um, and uh, and then looking for the opportunity in those problems, I think is uh, you know also a creative way to approach them. So they they start, they stop looking like problems and they start looking like opportunities for like innovation or progress. And that's, uh, that's pretty powerful. Um, but I, I want to make sure that I answer your question. So de-risking, um, is, uh, is kind of how we think of it, or it's just like, okay, well, if we, if we want to solve this problem, like what are the, what are the risks in our proposed solution? What are the risks in, Um, what are the risks and even taking on this challenge? I mean, you could think I'm a, I'm a huge uh, fan of Elon Musk, right? Like there are certainly risks to building and launching rockets and going to space and all that stuff. But there are, there are other risks in that you're an incumbent in a mark in a billion dollar market that is, you know, um, defense contractors and this entrenched stuff. So there's, there's different facets of risk, um, that can come from either, The market or the the problem itself or the proposed solution. Um, But that is how we tend to think about, you know, what we prioritize and what we focus on. Um, And there's certainly like the technology risks, there's the, you know, privacy, there's all of these, these different facets that need to be considered when, um, when approaching a a problem to help solve it. And um, we try to, prioritize those. We try to put them into order and we, um, we are big fans of, uh, doing the, the hard work first, doing, um, running at the problem, uh, head first. And, uh, the logic there is that the, um, you know, that those are the things that'll kill you first as well. Um, so let's try to de-risk those first. Let's try to, to, let's try to remove the risk from our, um from our biggest problems first and then and then gradually move through the other risks that we see so we try to kind of put them in line um and put the first ones as the the biggest risks and and we tackle those as we move forward so that's uh that's kind of how we think about it and uh you know there's some interesting ideas around there i think rock and i we were talking yesterday about um and you to your question jordan about you know the Talking with venture venture folks and people in the startup world um, is this. I've never seen a pitch deck or a pitch that is structured around de-risking. They tend to be a very similar structure where it's like, "This is the problem. You know, this is our unique solution to it. This is how big the problem is. This is you know, there's this this kind of format that you see this pattern." Um, but I think it's, it would be very interesting to consider, you know, a, a similar story, but through the lens of what are the risks? How have we dealt with them? And what are the, what are the risks we've dealt with? Excuse me, what are the risks we're dealing with right now? And then you can always see future risks. So what, what does that stuff look like? And, you know, we'll we'll see if that turns into anything, but that was just yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm. Is something else you guys are, are doing that I heard you talk about maybe with our friend, Eric Hunley that uh, you guys are, as you go along and you're solving these problems and uh, building things out, you're documenting the process so that you can essentially make these repeatable processes and in that way, you know, with these repeatable processes that are documented, replace yourselves, right? Is that what what you're doing? How are you going about doing that?
1: Well, uh, Zach and I like to read a lot and we like to listen to – People whose opinions we respect, so we have the fortune of being surrounded by a lot of those people. You mentioned Eric Hunley, Harry Duran. We've been working with from Podcast Junkies, um, Evo Terra. I mean, there's just Dave Jackson. There's been so many people in the podcasting space that you know not only do their podcasts help us, but they've helped us um, directly. And so we, you know, Harry has. You know, mention so many of these books like uh, Work the System or The E Myth, where and so I read those and I take that shit seriously stuff seriously. Sorry, Jordan. Um,
0: no, it does, I, I, it's this is, uh, this is not a clean podcast every time. <laughs> Ooh, it's for adults. Yeah.
1: So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I mean, I, one of the uh, coolest compliments that I uh, have heard someone say of Zach, and I would hope that they felt this way of, of me too or, or whatever, but it, it's definitely true for him. Uh, it's And they said that he's very coachable. And um, to me, what that means, and I've seen it in um, happen in, in this entrepreneurial journey, but I, uh, we also train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I've seen him do it in this regard too. Um, and as a coach or an instructor, you tell Zach to do something, he will listen and he will actually do it. I don't always do that. Like even in jujitsu, man, like that's like my passion. I love this, that stuff. And like somehow my body doesn't able to move. I know mentally what I'm supposed to do in the move, but my body doesn't do that. Zach doesn't have that little gap as, uh, or it's that learning curve isn't as steep for him. And I think that's a really, I thought that was an awesome compliment for someone to give him because it is so true in it. And you can, and it's helped him. He grows faster. And, and so, um, you know, that's, that's what it seems like to me, (laughs) but that's what we do. It's not what it feels like. (laughs) We take this information and we do actually listen and implement it and we make it our way and our, and and it's always our flavor. Um, But we just listen to what others have done and, and um, you know, we're, we're stubborn about some things, but um, we're also very coachable, I think as well.
0: Excellent. Well, this has been a very enjoyable conversation. Could talk to you guys all day. I'm very grateful for your friendship and uh, this connection that we've developed. I mean, with this, it's very. I told you on your podcast, it's so cool for me because like, I got this is this is my favorite tool. Uh, so, people who have podcasts, if you're listening, and you have a podcast. You go to Squadcast.fm. It's only like you guys have more pricing options now too, where it makes it even more affordable. But I think I pay like fifteen dollars a month. It's chump change. That's nothing. So, like, I mean, it's fifty cents a day, okay? Uh, and if you want to use the affiliate link, JordanParis.com/squadcast, and of course, my free resource for starting a podcast. You know all the tools that I use Squadcast is of course one of the tools in there you go to jordanparis.com pu for free access to podcast university solves for all the unknown variables of podcasting that will soon be a course maybe even by the time this uh, it's a video course even maybe by the time that this episode comes out I'm not exactly sure but it'll be up very soon right there and uh, gentlemen Zachariah Moreno Rockwell Felder gentlemen thank you so much
2: Thanks, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. There you have it, my friends. This has been
0: another episode of Growth Mindset University, the podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, all I ask is that you share it out to your friends, family, etc. on your Instagram story and tag me and our guest today. And don't forget to message our guest as well so that you build your network as you listen and learn with this podcast and if you really believe that hearing the message of growth is important to the world and you want to help others find our show and you're not satisfied with just taking a screenshot and sharing this on your instagram story well i've got good news for you you can go the extra mile in helping spread this message of growth you can leave us an honest rating and review in apple podcast we have over 200 ratings right now and it has made a gigantic difference for this show not only helping people find the show but getting awesome guests thank you all so very much and until next time my friends make every day count live to learn and grow to give